Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our podcast studio, Ella Resigno and Ellen Dunn. Ella is a 17-year-old singer and actor who lives in Columbia, South Carolina, and among her many interests and projects, volunteers here at the South Carolina State Library in our Talking Book Services Department recording audiobooks. Also joining us is Ellen Dunn, who works here at the State Library as our Public Information Coordinator and helps record audiobooks as well. So welcome both of you to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you for the invite and the opportunity. It's yes. great to have you both here. So, okay, one of the things that has brought both of you here and the reason why I've got both of you in the podcast studio to have a conversation is a book, and it's by Robbie Bowman, and it's called Miracles of South Carolina. Um, so can one of you tell us about the book, what it's about maybe? Sure, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, Robbie Bowman is actually a friend of mine. Okay. I met Robbie at a women's retreat for Buncombe Street United Methodist Church, which is in Greenville. And we were just sitting together at lunch one day and we started talking about her book. And she said, well, I write these collections of short stories about different things that have happened to people in the state of South Carolina that are perceived as their personal miracles. And she said, I wrote the first one and it was so successful that I wrote the second one and it just keeps continuing. So uh, it's just such a neat experience to read through them and hear about just these things that happen to everyday people that have changed their lives. Mm -hmm. And this is a book that's in our collection and probably in a lot of other libraries' collections that people can just check out if they want. Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> um, so Ella, tell us uh, kind of what it means to you to work on recording audiobooks here at the State Library. So it's actually really special because I do a lot of singing and acting outside of this and so it goes along with the same thing of like getting to lend your voice to help the other people who need stuff like this and unfortunately I'm not a personal friend of the author but <laughs> I've gotten to know her a little bit just by reading what she's wrote and um, getting to read the preface she's mm -hmm. a very charismatic writer mm -hmm. and so it's really fun and it means a lot to get to see the effects of the things that you're recording and getting to work on and see how they help people around South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And how did you get involved in the first place? Because you've been volunteering with us for a long time, haven't you? I started reading children's books when I was in middle school and I was introduced to the South Carolina State Library, I think by a friend. They said, hey, you know, there's these there's this talking book service and you should take a look at it. And I was introduced to Ron and Ever since then, I've gotten to do it, and I just started back, and now I get to mm -hmm. do more adult books, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. And that's Ron Witten, by the way, who's our producer here at the State Library's Talking Book Services, um, who helps produce all of those books on tape. So, Ella, tell us a little bit more about your other interests in performing and kind of that how that all relates to your volunteer work. Yes, yeah, so I started theater when I was five years old at a local theater. I started at Town Theater here in downtown Columbia. Mm -hmm. And they started me on singing when I was seven, and I fell in love with it. And I went to New York, and somebody said, you know, you can't really belt, but you have a nice soprano voice, <laughs> so you should try doing classical music. And so they started me on Italian, and I 100% hated it. <laughs> and once I worked on it a little bit more, I fell in love with it. And now that's what I do entirely. I sing in Italian, German, French and English and sometimes Spanish because okay. that's my favorite language to sing in. Um, <laughs> Why is Spanish your favorite? Mostly because I just know it from school. Okay. So right. I speak a little bit, which helps me know what it means. Mm -hmm. 
And so, like I said earlier, it just goes along with um, lending your voice and getting to use it to help and better people. Just like with singing, you help mm-hmm. use it to entertain, whereas this you're helping people who want to read the books. Sure. And what are some of the other books? You mentioned children's books initially. What are some of the, maybe some of your favorite books that you've helped record? Um, I helped record the Sit Dog Sit series. Okay. And it was really fun because, you know, they're picture books, which are always mm-hmm. fun to read. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, so, Ellen, back to you. Um, how did you kind of mentioned how you got involved with um, Miracles of South Carolina? And I think is is this two different volumes that both of you are recording? It is. The volume that Ella is recording is the first volume, okay. and that was what Robbie thought was going to be the first and only. She tells a funny story that she would go to book signings for. Miracles of South Carolina, and people would come up to her and say, okay, I'm not crazy, but this happened to me. Mm -hmm. And that's how the other volumes were born. And at that chance meeting at that women's retreat, I told her a very simple story of something that happened to me when I was much younger in my early 20s, and a voice that came to me in a dream that was my grandfather and and it helped save someone. I believe it may Mm -hmm. have helped save them from very serious danger. And it ended up being a short story in More Miracles of South Carolina. Mm. So I've enjoyed recording that one just because I'm I'm in that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love all the volumes. Robbie had told me that some people use those as a way to just peacefully go off to sleep because mm-hmm. they're reading beautiful stories of beautiful things that can happen to them. Mm-hmm. And it just gives them a, a wonderful outlook on what is possible. Mm. And so I just, I call it my Monday morning therapy now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I go and record with Ron on Monday mornings and I think what better way could I spend a morning than reading these short stories about these godly events that happen to ordinary people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What And what are some of those stories? Do either of you kind of remember a favorite one or any one specific? Ron and I were just talking about this. My favorites are the ones where um, children get to hear from their dead parents. And so mm. my absolute favorite is when a mom gets a phone call from her mother who had just passed away and mm. she's talking about their brother. Wow. That's really deep. It, they get very deep. Mm-hmm. My favorite is very deep as well. And it, it's it's long and detailed. Uh, I won't go into all the specifics, but it, it's about this um woman whose child was very, very ill, Mm. and they thought that she was uh, going to lose her son. And when she ended up praying for him that he would survive, Mm -hmm. he did survive. And the next day when they went to visit that child in the hospital, they had someone on the elevator who was very striking, Mm. just had piercing eyes and and just very striking, and the person never spoke. And both she and her mother noticed when they got on the elevator and they turned around that this man was behind them. Mm -hmm. When they got off, he was gone. Mm. And they firmly believed that that was the angel who watched over that child and saved his life. Isn't that amazing? It is an amazing story, and it is a beautiful story. And it just gives you hope in so many ways. Mm And kind I kind of gave me goosebumps. It does. <laughs> and, and I remember when I was getting set to read these, I told Ron Witten, the producer, I said, I cannot wait until we get to my favorite one because you're absolutely going to love it. And we read through it and 
when we finished, I, I kind of peered through the window and I said, isn't that a good one? And Ron mm-hmm. said, yes, mm-hmm. it definitely is. And mm-hmm. it, it has been my favorite. I first read it several years ago and it's always stuck with me. But they're all good and they're all good mm-hmm. in their own unique way. Mm-hmm. And they teach you lessons in unique ways. Some of them are very deep. Mm-hmm. Some of them are not. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need a little bit more lighthearted. Sure. And so it has a combination for everyone. And, and this is my gosh, probably third time reading this book, and I get something from it every single time that I read okay, it. Cool. What What do you get out of it, Ella? Well, just like Ellen was saying, it's so special because each story is different, and, you know, a lot of them are about big things where they get phone calls from their dead parents, whereas mm-hmm. other ones are small. One of the ones that I just recorded a couple weeks ago was um, one about somebody who was on a mission trip and they lost the key to their suitcase while in China. Hmm. And once they got to the hotel, there was a key sitting right in front of the door to a hotel that they'd never been to. And it was the key to her suitcase. And it was just like a little miracle Uh that shows that uh God's in every part of your life, no matter how small or how big. Mm -hmm. So just getting to see that God cares about little things as Mm -hmm. well as big things is really special. Interesting, very cool. Um, so, Ellen, uh, you also have another project that you work on here at the South Carolina State Library, and that's called Tail Wagon Tutors. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, that is my uh, absolute love. It has been a joy. And, and to me, it, that's a miracle within itself that has happened in, in this great state that we call South Carolina because I was volunteering with our, our dog, Katie, for a couple of years when I came to work here at the State Library and we visited hospitals and nursing homes with her as a therapy dog. And so it really was just to provide comfort to people. Sometimes people are in the hospital and they may miss their pets or if they're in assisted living, they had to give their pets up because they couldn't take them with them. Mm -hmm. So we would go and just sit with them. And and what I've noticed over the years is the dog is the icebreaker. Mm -hmm. The dog is what kind of gets me in and gets that person comfortable with me. Mm -hmm. And then the conversation starts. Mm -hmm. But once I came here to the state library, in my opinion, a miracle happened, and it was embraced that, hey, there's a program where children read to dogs. Mm -hmm. And since Katie is a certified therapy dog, we can take her out into the community, and children can improve their reading skills by reading to Katie. So we do that. We go to schools here locally. We travel across the state and let kids read to her. And we have seen kids become more comfortable with reading aloud because Mm -hmm. the research has shown that When you read to a dog, you don't worry that they're going to judge you or they're going to notice if you stumble on a word. Because they can't correct you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) She's smart, but she's not that smart. Um, And so all of the inhibitions go away. Mm -hmm. And then you focus on just the reading and the joy of that experience. And so that has been the blessing that she has brought. And then sometimes we may have a different need. Uh, The interesting thing about Katie is if you look at her, and, and we have pictures of her on our website. Katie is what they call Black Tri-Australian Shepherd. Mm-hmm. She is black, white, and brown. Usually, most Black Tri-Australian Shepherds are mostly black with just a hint of white. Mm-hmm. When Katie was born, she was born with too much white fur. And there are some breeders who will, unfortunately, put those dogs down because mm-hmm. they're not, quote-unquote, perfect. Mm. Well, what I love about Katie is that she isn't perfect, uh, and we've had the opportunity to raise her as our own, and so sometimes I'll go to schools and do a diversity lesson with people Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. Katie saying, 
imagine if Miss Jill, who is the lady who we got Katie from, had put Katie down. We would have missed out on all of the wonderful work that she does and the gifts that she have, has on the inside just because her coloring was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so it is a great lesson, usually for kids right in that like fifth grade mm -hmm. range mm -hmm. where they're starting to see the differences in their appearance as compared to other kids. Sure. And you can say, hey, all of us have gifts. It doesn't matter what we look like. The key is tapping into that gift that you've been given and utilizing it to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of gauge where does the school need us, where does the library need us, and we run with the ball. Mm -hmm. Ella, have you met Katie yet? I have not had a chance <laughs> to meet Katie. We'll have to make sure next time yes. you yes. and Katie are both here, you'll Definitely. get to meet Katie. Because I know when Katie is in the office because I can walk by Ellen's office and I'll invariably see one of our other staff members down on the floor <laughs> with Katie, you know, getting a therapy session. Yes. <laughs> I have seen Katie's bed, but I have not seen uh -huh. Katie, yes. Yes, we like to call it her throne. Uh-huh, uh -huh. exactly. Uh, but when we laugh about that, that Katie is just as therapeutic for the staff here at the State Library and at the hospitals and the nursing homes as she is for the patients and, and for the residents. So mm -hmm. uh, there is just something special about the love of an animal. Mm -hmm. We all have that it's relationship. It's unconditional. That's the thing. Is mm -hmm. a, It's unconditional. It is. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I, you know, uh, I pinch myself every day thinking that I get to do this. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, I am so grateful. And so I start my week reading More Miracles of South Carolina, and I end my week taking the therapy dog to <laughs> nursing homes and hospitals and schools. What mm -hmm. more could a girl want? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. It's a very cool, cool thing that we're able to do here. Um, so this is Library Voices SC, so we're a library-based podcast, and sometimes what I do is I ask uh, people I'm talking to, do you have any library stories? You know, like, is there anything maybe in your childhood you remembered about the library that you want to share, or something, you know, as an adult about the library that you would want to share? You know, it's actually really funny because you were just talking about how you bring your dog to schools, and they, and, it, um, and Katie helps children become more comfortable with reading aloud. Well, I went to St. John Newman for elementary school, mm -hmm. and so the library was right in the center of the whole school. Mm -hmm. And once, or every now and then, we had a lady named Miss Mitchner who worked as an administrator, but she brought her dog in, and we would come and we'd get to read aloud when we started learning to read. And it was so special because, you know, like you said, the dog isn't going to judge you. So mm -hmm. you get to learn mm -hmm. how to read and feel so welcomed and loved by doing it. And so, you know, it really helps you grow in your love for books and just start to realize how much fun it is to read and read aloud. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Ellen? For me, I think it, it was raising my children. Um, I left working in television to start raising a family. And so I had gone from this world where I was constantly around people all of the time to me and to toddlers. And so I found that the library was a great way to have routine, to get them out and to get me out. Mm -hmm. So I remember very clearly that story time was Tuesday mornings at 11 o'clock at our local library at the time we lived in Greenville, South Carolina. And so I, my goal was, okay, this is part of the routine. So I would go and teach aerobics in the morning and then we would go swimming afterward at the pool at the YMCA. And then there was story time. 
and then I could take them to home for lunch and then they'd be exhausted (laughs) (laughs) and they would sleep. But the great thing was I would take them every week and we would listen to the story times. They got to associate with other children their age. I got to meet other mothers and then we would check out books and those were the books that we would read to the kids every night before they went to bed. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, who is my oldest, is now 15 years old, and my husband and I still talk about a book that we checked out called Food Fight. I have not been able to find it since she was little, but it is about, and I love food and cooking and things like that, it is about the war that goes on in the refrigerator at night while you're sleeping between the foods, (laughs) and it's written in a rhyme, Mm -hmm. and it is hilarious and the puns and the plays on words Mm -hmm. are so good to think that now Emily is 15 and Ted and I still talk about about late at night or just a little bit later the light went on in our refrigerator (laughs) (laughs) you know and it just it's perfect I wish I could find it I've looked I still can't find it, but I'm not going to give up. I'll read it to my grandchildren someday. I'll try to see if I can find <laughs> it. I'll bet you'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It might might be hard to find. Um, so um, I know that both of you have a lot of things on your plate. You both do a lot. But what kind of big projects or programs do you have coming up that you'd like to tell folks about? Well, for me, I'm working on school. And so next, mm-hmm. I'm a junior this year, so I'm working on getting my pre-screens ready because for voice you have to submit pre-screens. Okay, what is that? Uh, they're just videos. When you audition for colleges, they're just videos that you record at home and then send in. It's like a pre-audition okay. to make sure that All they're right. letting people audition that could pos- potentially get I into their you. school. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on pre-screens and I'm working on applying for scholarships and hopefully getting to a point where I can get my applications ready next year. But after I finish recording this book, I'm hoping to record anything that Ron is willing to give me, (laughs) but also um, the third book in this series. Okay, cool. And what schools are you uh, planning to try to attend aside from Juilliard and Eastman? (laughs) I wish. I actually, when I go to college, I want to double major in vocal performance and either biochemistry or biology so that Mm -hmm. I could go get, go to med school and become a doctor if I wanted to. Very low and aspirations. <laughs> yeah. And there's not a ton that'll let you do that. So I'm looking at Vanderbilt, Carnegie Mellon, possibly Oberlin and Yale, um, and places like that. But of course, you know, Juilliard's Juilliard. So uh-huh. we're just going to throw in an audition <laughs> just for fun. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's wonderful to hear. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank and you. Ellen, what are you got on your to-do list? Well, today is the perfect day to talk about this because obviously the books that we record are part of Talking Book Services here at the State Library, and that is a large part of what we do to serve our patrons. And we do every year kind of a service project through the um, Advisory Council for Talking Book Services. And so our director here at the State Library, Christian White, had come up with the idea of working on the Veterans History Project, which is through the Library of Congress. And in a nutshell, what that is, is people are encouraged to either record or use photographs or memoirs of veterans to tell their stories so that we can save these stories. Because as our veterans of different conflicts throughout the U.S. and the world, age and pass on, their stories go with them. 
So the Library of Congress came up with this great idea of let's preserve these stories and find a way to do that. So we are working with blind veterans to document their stories. And we are going to put those together and we are going to move them onto the Library of Congress so that they may be preserved forever. And this morning I had the absolute privilege of talking to David Bundy, who's with the South Carolina Commission for the Blind, and he is also on our Talking Book Services Advisory Council about his experience because he is a veteran. And just to be able to listen to not only what the military did for him and how it made him into a more disciplined person, but the way that he looks at losing his vision mm. and how he does not let that stop him. Mm-hmm. The man has an undergraduate and a master's degree, and he got all of that after he lost his vision. Mm-hmm. He's amazing, mm-hmm. and he's one of these people that says, well, just get through it and keep on moving. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an inspiration. So he's the first of the veterans that we're going to document. I'm looking forward to the the next one because I've learned so much in such a short period of time. They're mm-hmm. amazing people, and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Very cool. You guys both are doing such great stuff and we really appreciate it well they're miracles of south carolina right that's right (laughs) all of those projects exactly so not only thank you for for what you do for the state library and for libraries in general but thank you so much for talking to me today thank you so much for having us oh what an honor I, i listen to so many of these all the time and just to be a part of it is is quite an experience so i'm very grateful well thank you it's appreciated And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. So until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 